Welcome back to Artisans and Trade Chats, a new segment of the podcast where my co-host and I chat and dive into popular and cultural topics for a better understanding of creativity. This week's topic, part two of our conversation on artistry versus craftsmanship. The other example I had for artistry versus craftsmanship was uh, Michael Jordan. Um, how he was the first artist that I had ever uh, seen is the word that I want to use, but it's more than that. He was the first person that showed me what, how to express oneself through their work, how mm. to express their capital S self through mm. their work, how to put oneself and, 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 pour their soul into their work um so i mean we could talk about the, the example with michael jordan um and then uh, uh actual art so painting i mm -hmm. wanted to uh i could if you want to and it's not it's really just window dressing if you think we got enough material okay uh, i wanted to show the difference between uh i'll look up the artist for accuracy but scream that very famous, famous painting of, uh, uh, I know it's a Russian artist. I think his name is like Alex or Alexi, but that very famous uh, picture with the guy standing on a bridge. He's oh, got yeah. two hands on the sides of his head. Yeah. So that scream, which is, you know, very literally an art piece trying to express a human emotion. It's almost like a stereo, uh, a cliche of what art is, or like a stereotype of what art is, or a What's good example name? of what art is. I, I know he's a Russian artist. I forget his name, but okay. I think it's I like can just type it in. I'll see the here on your computer. I yeah, it's by Norwegian artist Edvard Munch. Oh my goodness, I was off on so many, <laughs> so many different details. <laughs> <laughs> I said Russian, and his name was Alex. Oh man, oh man, that's racist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I wanted to uh, compare and contrast, again, when it comes to art versus craftsmanship, that versus, or I guess artistry on a different level, that painting, Scream, versus something from the Impressionists. So Van Gogh specifically, like Starry Night, which is my famous, my favorite painting, mm -hmm. or something from uh, Monet. And I'm uh, not well-versed on any of um, these like period art, works at all i think this is why yeah I've, i'm really not well studied at all and i actually have books here that are i have books on the paintings in the louvre and a whole bunch of other books that i should start digging into because i need to better understand these works um as someone who's in the photography realm yeah I would say you, I would give you a bit of credit. I guess this is what we can talk about for the, for the 20 minutes. Mm. I, I would give you a bit of credit in that I would say you need to explore that medium of art, I think. Mm -hmm. And this is how I approach it. Not that I'm any sort of fucking expert at all. I'm not. Um, but the way I approached it was you, with any skill, you need to learn the language before you can start to make some real mm. headway. Yep. into learning the skill and with art i really found the language and the like kind of the learning curve for lack of a better term to be really really 
uh, hard, really hoity-toity, really mm. dense. So I went in totally blind. I was like, you know what? I don't give a shit. I like what that. You, what critics think is good art. I don't care what the classics <laughs> are. I'm just going to go look at art and make it up. I'm going <laughs> to look at it. I'm going to see what I feel and what I think. And then later on, I'll go see if the world at large agrees with me or can maybe if I find something that's appealing, uh, like, and it, it's really cliche, but uh, Van Gogh's Starry Night was, it, it became my favorite painting long before I knew what it meant, long mm. before I knew who Van Gogh was. Mm. I didn't know anything. I just saw that painting was like, wow, I really like that. And then mm. seeing Van Gogh paintings up close in the Met, and and then looking at that painting again and kind of revisiting that painting, then I started looking like, okay, so who is Van Gogh and why did he paint this and what is it? And then it was later on that I realized like, no, this is good. This is generally considered to be good art. This is yeah. a good, solid piece. So uh, long before I knew anything about it, I felt something. I felt an appeal and a pull towards that work of art long mm -hmm. before I knew it was important or it meant anything. Um, so I would tell you to, to try that, try approaching like art in terms of like painting and, and stuff like that. Try approaching it that way and, and don't get bogged down with all the, the critics and reading books and taking a course. Just go out and see what you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you like Jackson Pollock, then cool. Then learn about him and see what's appealing or in, in my opinion, not appealing yeah. about him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then and go from there. Yeah, it's all just really, it's always been daunting to like, even like try to. I really don't like that about it. It's really yeah, daunting. even the books I got, I was like, Jesus, when am I going to fucking like crack this thick ass book open? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things you just kind of like do on a weekend day where there's nothing much going on. Um, I would say you'll have an easier time because uh, like painting is, is, it, it shares a lot of quality with uh with photography so i think you'll you'll find an easier bar of entry yeah yeah i mean for sure i mean there's i i'm familiar with some painters works um i think i just lack in the department of like understanding historical moments um and the artists who come from you know these different periods of um art exploration yeah, like, like the different yeah me too like yeah one, one of my favorite uh distinctions or examples of how convoluted the like the errors are are yeah. like impressionism neo-impressionism exactly. Dada, dadaism which is just that's just a bad name they could have came up with a much better <laughs> that to to because the the artist is cool i like the art but just that name alone this is like ugh. yeah i don't even want I can't even deal, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> you calling yourself a Dadaist? I, I can't, can't. I can't deal with you. I, I don't have five minutes for you, man. <laughs> I'm not an artist. I'm a Dadaist. You're, you're full of yourself. So fuck out of my face. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, Scream, Scream versus uh, Van Gogh. Edward Munch. That's his name, right? Yes. Now, now that you said it, I. I it's one of those things where I smack myself and not remember. <laughs> uh, so Edward Edward Munch's scream is like a quintessential example of art, 
where uh, a person is using a medium, in this case, painting, to express an emotion that everyone can relate to. Uh, that is my own personal definition of, of what art is. It's just a medium and it can be anything. That can be visual art, that can be uh, martial art, which is how I kind of learned that definition of art through Bruce mm-hmm. Lee. Um, in my case, in my own personal case, uh, the main one for me would be basketball, where mm-hmm. I consider myself more of an artist rather than a basketball player. Mm. Uh, because I use basketball the way people use journaling. I don't, and not in like a, I like to work out and like it's therapeutic for me to work out. No, I, I legitimately enjoy and explore the process of getting better and improving and learning to manipulate and move my body in different ways to achieve different things and quote unquote express myself in different ways through basketball. So, I would argue that basketball is my medium of expression, therefore mm. making it an art. Um, would that make so, basketball players um, at the professional level artists, the specific um, highly gifted ones? Okay, so that was my other example of art versus craftsmanship. So let's actually talk about it now as a mm. perfect segue because I would say that the professional basketball level is a very good place to take out the scalpel and draw the line or cut between craftsmen and artists. So on the far extreme, you have people like Michael Jordan and Kyrie Irving. I am not, disclaimer, putting them in the same conversation. Okay. Oh, I'm pretty sure people know you're not. <laughs> I don't think so. I think I think the internet would be really mean about it and be like, how are you comparing Kyrie and Michael? My man, my man showed up to yo, somebody pulled up the stats. I can't remember specifically, but like Kyrie has played a total of 60 something games over the span of like more than two seasons. And I was like, what? Like that does not even make sense. Yeah. It just does not make sense. Anyways. He's he's really different. And I, I, I I use that word just so I sound neutral. He's different. Yeah. He's talented, but yeah, different is a good choice word. (laughs) I've, I've not heard, I've not heard many people use this, but in, he's the Kanye of basketball. Oh, interesting. Complicated complicated genius that's yes, how yes, i do yes. interesting yeah very complicated person but undeniably genius um so yeah so on the extreme example you have artistry such as Kyrie, michael jordan who again my first exposure to art and how i started to form that definition of art was through michael jordan uh he had these old, long before the last dance, he had these old docu- uh, documentaries that he would put out, not annually, but like every couple of years, like kind of an update. I mean, everybody wanted to document Michael Jordan, follow him around and just be part of that world. Um, but he had these series of DVDs that he put out, like the most famous one, Come Fly With Me, was mm. I think like, was that the one in 89 or 90, in the early 90s, was it? Uh, I could look it up, but that was one of the most famous ones where it was kind of showing him 
uh, a little bit behind the scenes, which at the time wow. didn't really see that part of his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't to the extent of the last dance, but it was just kind of like, hey, Michael Jordan lifts weights. Hey, Michael Jordan works really hard in practice. This is kind of the secret to his success is, mm. is how hard he works and how how he approaches the game and how he just constantly, constantly is not satisfied with, with where he is. Mm. He's always trying to move forward and always trying to improve. And in doing so, is always trying to improve the people around him. Mm. Of course, the last then expanded on that and was like, yeah, he's, he can be a bit of an asshole objectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and even to use that example, there's one image that I see a lot whenever people are uh, talk like recently, I think the year anniversary for the last dance came out. And one of the scenes that they always use was when he's talking about how uh, he was mean, but he just wanted everybody else to win. And they always show this image of the bulls in practice running suicide mm-hmm. where everybody's kind of, you know, running back and forth across, mm-hmm. across the court. If you're not familiar with, if you're a basketball player, you know what a suicide is, but yeah, basically running sprints along the court as a means of conditioning and you're seeing him when he of course it's following like the 98 season where this man is is uh depending on your perspective near the pinnacle or just after the pinnacle point is he's at the top of the game he's really untouched there's no one that is going to come close there's no one that has come close it is clearly unequivocally he's the best there ever was and when you see that visual, most people just see that visual and recognize it, kind of take it in on the surface. Michael Jordan and the rest of the team are conditioning and exercising during practice. I get mm. it. The part that I think is ignored is when you look in the back room as the camera is following Michael, he's way ahead of yes. everybody else and running way harder than everybody else. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. But do you get it? Because mm. the man was already unequivocally at the top of the game. Mm. He didn't have to do it. Mm. He didn't have to be there. He did not have to run. If Michael Jordan showed up to practice, gave Bill Jackson the middle finger, be like, I'm not running today. <laughs> totally okay. <laughs> it yeah. would totally be okay. Everybody would be okay with it. We all would get it. I mean on an individual level i do 10 push-ups in a day and i'm like okay now i, I deserve a cake after that <laughs> like, this, dude, this dude was at the top and he's still working harder than everybody else yeah that like to to, to talk about to even bring back like the conversation we were talking about with hip-hop you can't just to be good as an artist it can't just your drive can't be like I want to be good or mm. I want to be successful because the process of being good is harder than, than most people can imagine. And I want to be good is not enough of a drive to get you through that struggle. There needs to be something else. In the case of art, it needs to be a, an expression, something, a reflection, I should say, of the internal environment. You got to pull that shit out of you to use the cliche you have to dig really really deep to some sort of core uh or rooting emotion that you want to express or put into the work for you to be able to get through those struggles like jordan for him it could be the drive to win it could be the drive to 
be competitive. Uh, I, Phil Jackson has said this, but I haven't seen it talked about at large. But when Phil Jackson introduced Michael to meditation and Buddhism, mm-hmm. he, I think he really exploded when it came to the mental and spiritual side mm. of, of basketball, which again, only contributes to the artistry of it. Michael was trying to express himself. There was something more than just, I want to be good because there are plenty of people in his era and since that yeah. wanted good, but the struggles that he faced and the struggles and obstacles that you have to get through. Yeah. I want to be good is not enough. You, you know, take someone like James Harden, who is a master mm. crap, but I would not say he's an artist. He's unique. He has a unique perspective. He has a unique style. I would say he is a craftsman because uh, I don't know James Harden personally, obviously, but mm-hmm. uh, you can see by his means of expression that there are times where he is not there. He's not, he's not all in to say that. And maybe in his mind, he feels he is, but then, then that's, that's more of a, that's a, a bit of a nuanced debate that he and I can have one day. Where yeah, yeah. he feels, but actions speak louder than words, and it, I don't see him diving on the floor. I don't see him throwing bows. I don't see him going. Through. Is that the only way to express that you're all in? No, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like that. That I forgot the judge's name where the in, he was asked to define what hardcore porn is, and he was like, "I can't define it, but when I I know it when I see it. <laughs> you know it. You know it when you see someone who's giving their all to something." Yeah. And someone like James Harden doesn't always express that, although he is a master craftsman. Uh, I wouldn't exactly put him on the level of artistry. Whereas I think Kyrie, despite all the stuff off the court, uh, Kyrie looks like he puts himself into the art. I think he really does care about yeah. the art and the craft of basketball in terms yeah. of position and, and not making mistakes and being consistent and being able to handle the mental emotional spiritual pressures that then dictate the physical stress that you are under um yeah i, I would i would make that thing i would say some people would disagree i'm not a, a basketball connoisseur by any chance but i've just been listening to a lot of playoff regular season coverage this year and i think some folks would disagree with that comment on Kyrie because um he seems to in the in the way that the closest person i could think of is kobe and in the way that kobe doesn't let you know broken finger get in the way uh a torn uh, right like goes to the fucking free throw line and still makes shots like in the way (laughs) that they just don't let things get in the way of i need to win or at the very least, I need to give a hundred percent and know that even if I don't win, I've completely drained myself. Um, I think some would argue that Kyrie has entered into a space um, in the, I guess, the past year or if not a couple of years where he's allowed himself some excuses as to why he's not able to show up to perform. Um, and this isn't even, this is pre COVID, um, stuff. 
because mm-hmm. I give anyone the the reason they they have to um, bypass that. Like that's a personal thing. But outside of that, it's just like I guess I, I see a lot of people criticize him for not showing up when he's when it's in his power to show up. Um, but yeah, I, I still get, I see I see the artistry though that you you mentioned. He's definitely yeah. someone who cares deeply about basketball and wants to keep yeah. it on that point. Yeah, the pursuit of the of, of the craft. I, I I could defend Kyrie. Uh, there's there's a lot of like I said, he's complicated. He's a complicated person. Yeah, uh, I think he does suffer. Like we were talking about Kanye, I think he does suffer a lot from uh, trying to be the poor, the the pure artist, and trying to do a thing, mm. not melding the two, not melding the two together. Again, a great example is is someone like Jordan, who was popular, was good looking, was uh, rich and successful in terms of like the Hollywood view of things, mm-hmm. but also would bust that ass on the court. <laughs> he, yeah. he did both. He was able to find the medium that that worked for him to perform. Of course, later on, we found how that affected his personal life. And even now, you can see his... I love that that he is now allowing himself to be exposed a bit more in the public eye. Mm-hmm. Because to be honest, I don't know, hot take alert, I guess. <laughs> seeing Michael Jordan out in public, you can... He's... he's just an uncle he's like mm-hmm. uncle jeff <laughs> like he's you can i can totally see michael jordan showing up to the barbecue grabbing a plate talking laughing smacking hands with like you know sucking barbecue sauce off his fingers like that <laughs> that's his personality i never yeah. knew that about jordan but i enjoy that that's him so you can kind of see how the that pursuit was detrimental on a social level for him but he still yeah. found a happy medium. When it comes to Kyrie, Kyrie doesn't, he hasn't learned to put those two things together yeah. yet. I, I don't think, uh, I, I totally agree with him about the, you know, it should just be about the art and, you know, ignore the personal stuff, but then, you know, leave the personal stuff alone, Kyrie. Don't keep right, putting right. it. Yeah, I think it's a it's a you difficult don't have thing. To, you don't have to justify yourself to anyone. And again, right. I'm not defending at all. I'm yeah, not yeah, yeah. like a a Kyrie fan, but I try to extend the benefit of the doubt because I I also know that this shit's not easy. Yeah, not easy at all. Um, so yeah, I would I would draw that. Now we're really getting the scalpel out, like we had planned to. Like yeah, what difference between an artist and a craftsman and how far uh where can you start to curve carve out uh you know distinction and earlier we had brought up uh edward munch and i wanted to compare it to uh van gogh's starry night Mm -hmm. and again disclaimer not an art expert okay (laughs) I, i enjoy art i love art uh learning and uh, the art of learning, if I may extend, is my life's work. I love it. I enjoy doing it, but I'm not an I art like expert. That. Yeah, neither am I. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> <laughs> so just two dummies trying keep to them, discuss. Keep them comments spare, <laughs> <laughs> please. Um, so, when when it comes to Edward Munch's scream, I think that is a great quintessential example of 
what art is. Again, to repeat myself, it's a person using a medium, in this case painting, to express a very relatable emotion that we all can relate to, which mm-hmm. is anger or anguish or the feeling of wanting to scream. Uh, if you're not familiar with the painting, I'd suggest you pull it up uh, to have like you know a visual aid, but it's essentially a person, not a realistic person, but just yeah. kind of a blurry person with their hands on their side of the head and screaming. The, the famous scream mask is based off of this. Uh, oh, wow. This is painting. it really? So if you have an idea. Yeah. So if you have an idea of the scream mask, that's kind of the, the face, the expression that the person has. But in that context where scream took on because of the movies, it took on like a scary kind of ghostly uh, uh, connotation. This is like a scream out of anger or anguish or just pure like getting out an emotion. Mm. Uh, it, it shouldn't be lost on, you know, the viewer that the painting, the, the color that is largely used is red, which is typically, stereotypically, the uh, color most closely associated with anger. Mm. Um, a painting like that, I'm not taking anything away, is very a good example of what art is. But to express oneself, to go further, into the art and really put emotion into it. I think someone like Van Gogh is a great uh, example of that. My favorite painting from him being Starry Night. So uh, very quick background, I love astronomy and Mm. I enjoy uh, just the study of just astrophysics, just studying what stars are and space and distance and all these wonderful, awesome things related to physics and quantum physics that then we can tie into our own lives. Starry Night is a picture that Van Gogh painted. And if I get the details wrong, please excuse me. Again, not an art expert, but Van Gogh painted Starry Night. Uh, It was supposed to be the view that he saw from uh, his window, the view that he had from the asylum that he was in. it turns out that the details were actually kind of fudged. There's no real, it wasn't a real place. It was just what he saw in his mind's eye. Hmm. And when you look at, say, the moon in Starry Night, how it's kind of blurry, it has kind of that, like, the edges are not sharp. There's not a sharp contrast. When you look at the stars, how the stars are not just dots in the sky or even shaped like typical stars. They're kind of these blurs and swirls and kind of there's almost a tail as if it's a comet. There's only tails coming off of off of the painting. Again, this isn't a real image. This isn't something that he saw. He was expressing how it made him feel. He was Mm. expressing the wonder, the the feeling of this view, not necessarily the view. He wasn't trying to put hey, look at this nice countryside view with this beautiful moon and stars. He was saying, this is how this nice countryside view makes me feel. This is what I feel when I see this stuff. This is what Mm. I think and how I I view this sort of thing. I enjoy the wonder of blurring and swirls and and this not having this sharp contrast. I like to throw these little cypress trees because maybe the feeling of the stroke, which is something that I learned from looking up 
at Van Gogh paintings very close up is mm-hmm. you can see his strokes, like the way he shaped and moved the brush. You can almost imagine how his hand is moving when you see the strokes that he put mm-hmm. into uh, his paintings. And some of his paintings, he really globbed paint on there. <laughs> he really like, it's really, really thick. You could actually see the oil sticking up, like the paint sticking up yeah. from the surface of the can- canvas. So like you can see him putting his emotion into the actual technique of the stroke. So his, you know, he loved cypress trees there. I mean, I shouldn't say this because I don't know how to paint, but they're pretty easy trees to paint. But you can almost see you you got to go if you get a chance, if there's a Van Gogh uh, exhibit or any sort of painting in your town or wherever you live, go see a Van Gogh painting up close because you can you can almost visualize his expression in just a stroke, how he expresses uh, what a cypress tree is through him moving his hand and putting the paint on the canvas. So Mm. when you're looking at a painting like Starry Night, he's putting himself into this painting. He's expressing what it feels like as opposed to what it looked like. Whereas not, not that Edward Munch is far off, but I think that sort of painting like scream is just i'm trying to express an emotion that you can relate to whereas van gogh right. is like i have it, an expression i have an emotion i want to express can you relate to it is, do you see it the same way is it fair to um conclude then that this these are subjective takes on uh dissecting works um, the arrival at uh, what is to be categorized as artistry versus um, what is just mere craftsmanship, something that is just done to fulfill kind of like an, a desired end goal, which might still be very beautiful and you know striking, but it's not fueled or um, made in the way people say food is made with love um you know what's the difference between this is a good analogy what's the difference between the food that's made with love and the food that's just you know the fast food joint that still feeds you um both you know cure the hunger state um but i feel like this it's a subjective feeling that we're putting onto um the distinction between both um i think in a way i think it's kind of like a subjective thing isn't it i I would agree i i would if you wanted to put a pretty little bow on it you could say it's just beauties in the eyes of holder and it is subjective and that is correct uh but i like to be on the hook for things (laughs) and i like to be (laughs) complicated and find find definitions for it so i would I would say that, yes, it certainly is subjective. Uh, yeah. Another good example would be like Jackson Pollock. People, yeah. There are plenty of people that absolutely love Pollock's painting, and yeah. I can see the appeal. Um, but Pollock was just a raging alcoholic, and he would just get really, really drunk, and in a drunken, blind, rage-filled state, he would swing paint around and Mm. that would be his painting so you can say yes he's an artist expressing rage and he's expressing an 
an expression. Mm. Yeah, maybe, but uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people that can get drunk and throw paint on a canvas. And if they learn color theory, they, they might not be able to match Pollock's technique or, or uh, his fame or even his pioneering spirit if he yeah. was the first person to do that. I mean, really, he was just stretching what can be defined as art, which is makes him perfect for this discussion. But his his work is not it's not uh exclusive it's not really unique to him uh he is more pop art because that's relatable that's a bit closer to fast food than it is Mm. uh mom's home cooking um and you asked me what the distinction is so yes you can say it's subjective and it's it's up to the viewer to like or dislike or feel that the artist like Pollock is putting himself in the art as the definition of art or yeah. not. Uh, but I would say that it's, it's really an exploration of the internal environment. If you're trying to view art objectively uh, and determine what is art and what is craftsmanship or what is good art yeah. and what is as good art, uh, I think you have to analyze and find out how much of the artist is in the work. So to use your analogy of fast food versus mom's home cooking, yeah. mom puts herself in the work. Yes. She, when a mom, not all moms, so just if you had a rough time, like I did at home, mm-hmm. <laughs> you may not experience this, but when mom makes food, she doesn't always just follow a recipe she Mm. knows that her child might not like salty food so she might not put as much as the recipe calls for she may like in my case know that their child likes things more on the sweet side or the savory side of things so she might put a little bit extra sugar she might put a little extra something in it that more appeals to the that child that's why a lot of times, not the sole reason why, but that's why we much prefer mom or grandmom's recipes and cooking to a general, like a lasagna recipe. Like, for instance, my mom, I love my mom's lasagna. She makes like this Puerto Rican version of lasagna mm-hmm. that is just to die for. But the reason I like it is because it's tailored to me and my taste. Mm-hmm. It was made by my mom, someone I love. So automatically that something that she gives me is worth more to me subjectively but she also tailored it to my taste so of course i love it if i gave it to somebody else they might be like yo this is good but (laughs) my grandma's lasagna that shit's to die for and then when i taste it it's all right so it's it's a bit of the same it's a bit of the same with art uh in that mcdonald's does not put their self again capital f Mm-hmm. into the food that they give you mm-hmm. the food it's is formulaic it, yeah it's for everybody it's made to appeal to a fictional average person the general person as opposed to being tailored like at a restaurant where they create a chef would create their own recipes it might be inspired or based on other recipes but they are tailing it and changing certain things that appeal to them putting it in front of you and hoping that you like it and hoping that you can relate to it and enjoy it. Um, 
I think that's the distinction you make when you're analyzing artists. So yes, to go back to the question, yes, yeah. it is subjective. Some people like lasagna, some people like fish, some people like curry, some people like Thai curry versus Indian curry. Right. Yes, that part is subjective. But when trying to analyze art objectively, how much of the person is put into their creation? Mm. How much internal reflection did they do and then reflect sorry to use the word multiple times but then reflect that in their creation when i play basketball i draw not only on all of my past experiences but i throw myself all the way to the edge of the cliff hoping that i go over not mm. trying to stay safe and stay on this side of the fence i'm mm. hoping that by going beyond into the unknown I discover something new that I can add to my repertoire, add to my mix and add to my style and add to my knowledge and experience. I want myself to go beyond the edge and mm. be vulnerable. And, and that's that, that is what keeps it fresh. That is what keeps it in my opinion. Art is that yeah. you keep trying to put yourself out there and express new things and find new things instead of doing the safe thing like a Drake or, you know, McDonald's. That's really good. That's really good. I think one of the things that I, I take away from that is that um, we need to know the background story, the creative process, like you said, um, very early in a conversation. We need to know the creative process uh, of the artists in order to be able to determine whether or not there is a level of artistry involved if it's just like a you know someone who's really good um at the craftsmanship of it all um i think that helps to kind of tell whether or not this is someone operating on a very deep level or someone who's just like kind of you know delivering something that's good but nothing it doesn't go beyond that um, yeah, I think doing that's a thing. A, yeah, doing a thing as we, as we call it, doing the thing as opposed to like really sitting there and, um, with, a, a a drive to say, show, um, something. Um, I can't remember what else I was going to say, but yeah, that's yeah, very interesting. Well, just, what I was going to say too, was that I think in the same tone that some uh some of these things can be very subjective i think um in the example you you brought up about you know i know hardcore porn when i see it um i think when we see something that is pure artistry i think it's also kind of self-evident in some cases i mean I, I don't think no one looks at kendrick's the heart part five and says eh, that was all right um I'm sure there are yeah. people out there who are saying that and they would be wrong for that. But I think objectively speaking, we can all see this as a piece of art. It's, it goes more than lyricism. It goes more than a video. It goes deeper than, you know, um, a guy just making something to make money. It, it, there's so many levels yeah. beneath this one um, art form. Um, as long as you're open to it, though, because there is, we got to be fair. There is a certain percentage, if we're just talking about, say, the U.S., 
there is a certain percentage of people that will see that and just be black man. I don't care. True. So there, are, as long as you're open to it, you're, you're correct. True. Very true. Um, but yeah, it, it's a uh, yes. It is subjective, uh, and yes, uh, there's parts of it that are self-evident. And I don't mean to be to to be complicated, but I I I I'm not satisfied with uh, just calling it that. I like mm. to try and go further and define it. And mm. I, uh, how to put it? The example I wanted to pull up. Uh, is uh coltrane john coltrane mm. uh with giant step you got five minutes so you better get this point across <laughs> in five just, minutes <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be able to but yeah, i'll say exactly it anyway. <laughs> when giant one thing that i thought about earlier in the conversation is like when when um when coltrane released giant steps in 59 which is like what, 60 something years ago uh it was groundbreaking. It was pioneering. It was incredible, incredible. It still is incredible stuff. But 60 years later, any high school student, any high school musician worth their salt that wants to do anything like a Juilliard can play Giant Steps front and back. So mm. the complexity of it and the, the I guess, the impact of it has been minimized over time. Mm. But when the high school student from Juilliard plays Giant Steps, there's something different. There's something different about the way that that Coltrane plays it. Okay. And again, you can you can yes, absolutely, Steve. You can just say you know art when you see it. It's it's self evident. You can tell the difference. You can kind of just kind of know. Yeah. But music is interesting because uh, I've recently been getting into the physics of music, like what makes things appealing. Mm. Uh, very very briefly. When you play a note like C, uh, I've told you this uh, before, but when you play a note like C, and I'm going to make up numbers here, uh, mm -hmm. that wavelength is like, say, 220 hertz. Uh, the most appealing sound to match C would be its octave, which is just eight notes higher. And that, the reason it's appealing to us is not just because it just sounds good, it just sounds artistic or to 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 poke fun at you it's self-evident it just mm. sounds good no there's a mathematical reason the mm. the middle c is at 220 hertz and the octave higher is 440 hertz those wavelengths match up they sound appealing to us because they have a mathematical relationship when you throw a chord like again say c the first the third and the fifth those three notes sound good together because their wavelengths have a mathematical relationship. And when it comes to art, to, to really bring it all the way back to, say, Kendrick Lamar's The Heart Part Five, mm -hmm. uh, there's something more going on, uh, for instance, musically, that there's something that, uh, that hits the brain, mm. the lizard brain, if you will, sort of the emotion the relation, the being able to put, project oneself into that, again, that expression that he had in the beginning of the video, you can just watch that part. Yeah. And it, it, you don't have to know anything about the rest of it. Immediately, immediately, and this is where the craftsmanship and the artistry comes in, immediately you can see yourself and how many times in your life you have felt that emotion. How mm. many times 
that facial expression has been felt by you, the, the subject, the viewer. You don't need to know anything else about it. You can just relate. There are, are when making distinction, distinctions between artists, some are good at getting that right away. Some are, some it takes a little bit longer. Some people never get to that point. It takes, you know, people doing research mm. hundreds of years later where they're like, holy shit, we missed out on this guy from, from way back when he had some really good stuff on him. Mm. That there's, there's something more to it uh, to wrap it up. It's not just, it's not just, uh, you know it when you see it. There's more to it. There's there's a physical, and I mean physical in terms of like physics. There's a physical nature to art that appeals to us. Like, that's that's a really good way to put it. Good way to sum it up. Um, this has been fun, man. Yeah, yeah. Really, really good. Goodness, that is it for this episode. If you're enjoying these chats, subscribe and leave us a review. We'll catch you next time.